Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the Donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Thank you for listening to Spirit-Filled Podcasts. Please visit Spirit-Filled Radio for more great programs. Welcome to the beauty of our Catholic heritage. Our host is Father Jacob Shea, a Norbertine father of St. Michael's Abbey in Orange County, California. Father Shea has a great love for our church's heritage. The beauty of our Catholic heritage with Father Jacob Shea. Welcome back to the beauty of our Catholic heritage here with Father Jacob Shea on Spirit-Filled Radio. Today we will speak about the five first Saturdays devotion. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we will speak about the glorious devotion to Our Lady, known as the First Saturday Devotions. This, of course, was given to Sister Lucia, and this is an outgrowth of the great apparition of Fatima. And here we must see the importance of this devotion. It's not just something that we can have as frosting on the cake, but we must really strive to do this. And even though Our Lady wants just five first Saturdays of the month, right? we should try to do it every first Saturday, no matter what. And here, let's go into why this devotion has its specific requirements and what is Our Lady trying to teach us? Because it's never random. Our Lady is like, you gotta do this, 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 right? Now there's a reason why, it's not just random facts that she's telling us that we have to do. So the first thing that we need to do is go to confession, right? And we need to go to Holy Communion, it's the next thing. And we need to recite the Holy Rosary, right? At least five decades. And then we need to meditate. Okay, this is the one that people usually forget. We need to meditate for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary. You can choose one mystery or you can choose many of them. If you want to choose all of them, you can, okay? But you have to meditate, right? The whole key is meditation. And this meditation is separate from saying the rosary, okay? A lot of people don't realize that. So this is a separate requirement that you have to do. So the rosary is the vocal prayer, indeed, where you are meditating upon the rosary. However, the last requirement right, is that you have to really sit down in divine silence and pray in silence in your heart before God and before Our Lady, meditating on the Annunciation or meditating upon the Crucifixion for 15 minutes. Okay, in other words, what that means is 15 minutes of mental 
prayer. Okay, mental prayer means praying with your entire mind and your entire soul. That's what that means. Okay, in quiet, you gotta not have anything distracting you. Trying as best you can not to be distracted, but really being in the presence of God. Okay, that's different than just saying a rosary. Okay, saying the rosary is vocal prayer. Okay, and it should lead us to mental prayer, but it's really primarily vocal prayer. Okay, and obviously you can have mental prayer during the rosary, but okay, it's at base vocal prayer. Then Our Lady wants something separate. She wants 15 minutes of mental prayer where you are talking in your own words and resting in God in his divine silence. Okay, then the last requirement is that you do all of these four acts all in reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, okay? So really it's to summarize, what are you supposed to do? When you go to confession, you're supposed to make it in reparation for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Then you have to go to Holy Communion, right? receive Holy Communion, and you have to do that in reparation for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Then when you pray the Rosary, you have to pray the Rosary with the intention of making reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Then the fourth one, meditation or mental prayer, or you can say even what you're trying to get to is contemplation, right? Contemplation of one or all of the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. 15 minutes of contemplation done in reparation for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, okay? So that's just to be very, very clear. Everything, all of these four actions, they're separate actions. These four separate actions must be done with the intention of making reparation to the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, okay? So why is Our Lady telling us this? To do it once every month, at least, right? on the first Saturday. Obviously, Saturday is due to Our Lady, okay? Saturday is the day that it's given to Our Lady. And here we have to see that she is teaching us the importance of confession. This is why, how often should you go to confession? At least once a month. How do we know that? It's because Our Lady said, for first Fridays, you need to go, oh, sorry, excuse me, first Saturdays, you need to go to confession. <laughs> so that's once a month. And so this is not something that the priest is saying just like to make up, but this is coming from Our Lady. We at least need to go to confession once a month. And so here you can see how horrendous it is, you know, that people are just not going to confession in one year. And here Our Lady is setting the standard, saying you at least need to go once a month. Of course, if you commit a mortal sin, you should go as soon as possible to get back in the state of grace. Then the next thing, of course, is Holy Communion. So we need to go to Mass besides Sunday. This is very important for Catholic devotion. We don't want to become Sunday-only Catholics, okay? And this shows us we have to love the Mass so much that we want to go every day if we can. This is really the standard that we should go. And so here Our Lady wants us to go to Mass on other days besides Sunday, and especially in order to make up for sins, right? So when we go to Mass, we have to participate in the sacrifice of our Lord, and that sacrifice was done in order to wash away and to blot out the sins of the world. And so here, when you go to Mass, you are actively having this intention. You are uniting yourself to the sacrifice of the Mass so that you can participate through your prayer in the sacrifice of our Lord, 
which is for the salvation of souls. And so here Our Lady is clearly teaching us the connection between Mass and praying for the conversion of sinners and salvation of souls and making up for sins. This is very important. So a lot of people do not make this connection between Mass and reparation. This is super, super important. They make, oh, Mass is just a time where you get together. Okay, no. Okay, it's yes, it's that, right? You're getting together, especially with the saints. But Mass, another part, very important part of Mass is that you are making atonement in union with Christ. You are making reparation in union with Christ. You are participating in the sacrifice of Christ in order to make up for sins because this is the most powerful way to make up for sins, okay? So that's the second one. So we receive Holy Communion. Then the third one is a recitation of the rosary. The recitation of the rosary is so important. You think, how many people say the rosary every day? Even priests. Okay, this is very important. Okay, it's a temptation for everybody to say, oh, my day is so busy. I'm not going to say a rosary. Okay, there is absolutely, absolutely no excuse <laughs> that we do not say at least five decades of a rosary. Okay, every single day. This is utmost important. Okay, if you ever hear anybody say, oh, if you can't say five decades, okay, you can just say, you know, three Hail Marys or you can say one decade. Okay, here we have to realize that things are so bad <laughs> that we need to say at least one rosary a day. We cannot just be bare minimum Catholics. What that leads to is just lax Catholics who actually don't even practice the faith. That's what that leads to. So we cannot have this low bar of saying, oh, I just don't have enough time in order to say a rosary. Or, you know, I'm just, you know, so tired that I cannot say a rosary. There is no excuse whatsoever not to say one rosary a day. Right? This is so important. We cannot begin to make any excuse whatsoever, okay? Because as soon as that happens, then it just leads to everything being an excuse. And then no one says the rosary. And so here, this is a very, very, very important thing, okay? That Our Lady wants us to say the Holy Rosary. And through it, we actually learn how to pray correctly. Because with the rosary, why is it such a powerful weapon, right? So we have, of course, the Mass, then we have, after that, the divine office, which is the most, second most powerful prayer. Then the third one, rosary. We must see that it is so important and such a powerful prayer. The devil hates the rosary so much. And what does he do? He just wants to tempt us to say, oh, you don't need to say the rosary. It's too difficult. Can't even concentrate during the whole thing. So just give up. And how many people, including priests, okay, have fallen into that trap so easily, right? And then their devotion to the rosary is just gone. And so here we must be so careful. We have to help each other to say the rosary, right? This is such an important part of the Catholic life. And when we say the rosary correctly, beautifully, and with trust, this teaches us how to truly do mental prayer. And this leads into the fourth one. So here Our Lady is clearly teaching us first, we need to contemplate. Mental prayer is contemplation in essence, right? Mental prayer, remember, has basically these steps. First, you put yourself in the presence of God by recollection, okay? Then you meditate 
Okay, that is just use discursive reasoning to meditate on a mystery, to really understand that mystery as best you can, asking questions. Then you move into active contemplation. That is, you, with an act of your will, try to rest in the beauty of that mystery. So, how does that look? First, you're going to sit down, or actually better, don't sit down, right? Kneel down, and you're going to fold your hands, and you're going to have a posture of prayer, right? We just don't want to loaf on the sofa and do our mental prayer, okay? First of all, you want to go to Mass. It's best to do, um, obviously, your mental prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament or in a church in front of the tabernacle. But if you can't make it, then at least you do it at home in a shrine. So, first thing you do is recollect, right? Bring yourself together, because we're spread so thin with all of our anxieties. Bring ourselves together and focus on God alone. That's recollection. Then we meditate. So, before you do your mental prayer, you have to choose a mystery. So, say, I want to meditate on the crucifixion. I want to meditate on the Annunciation. Okay. Then you think about the crucifixion. What was it like for the nails to go into Jesus' hand? What was it like for him to look at his mother as he was hanging on the cross? How much did he love us? Right? All of our sins crucified him to the cross. You're thinking about all these questions. Then the third step, Okay, when you're ready, right, pregnant with um, all the meditation that you did about the cross, about the crucifixion of our Lord, then you rest in the mystery of the crucifixion. Right? Here, this is what it is when Our Lady says, you must meditate on one of the mysteries, right? And that should lead you to resting in that mystery, contemplating that mystery. Here, you're like, with a friend, and you're just enjoying the presence of that friend. So, for example, when you're with a friend, you talk about, oh, how was your day? You know, oh, I did this, I did that, I did that, I did that, right? And you're kind of chatting with your friend. That's like meditation. You're with your friend, right? But you're present to your friend, okay? And so you're really engaging in conversation, okay? Then there comes to a point where you just enjoy the presence. If you're really, really good friends with that friend, there's a point where you can just watch the sunset together and not say a word, and you're not uncomfortable, and you just enjoy that time with your friend. Or, you know, you can just take a walk or hike and look at beautiful nature together. You don't have to say a word, and yet you are so happy to be with your friend. This is what is kind of like contemplation. You kind of stop the words, and you just rest in the beauty of God's love on the cross, or you rest in the beauty of Our Lady at the Annunciation, or you rest in the beauty of the birth of Our Lord at the Nativity. Okay, So you see here that Our Lady gives us the rosary because it's the perfect teaching tool so that we can learn how to meditate. So as you see with the rosary, we begin with right putting ourselves in the presence of God, then we have to meditate. We use the Hail Mary, the Our Father, Glory Be, right? All those prayers help us to focus our minds and meditate on the mystery that we pray for, pray on during the decade, right? And then when you do that more and more, right, you begin to rest in the mystery, right? You kind of transcend the Ave Maria and you still mean all the words you say, but you just rest in the beauty of the coronation of Our Lady, Right? And you just love the assumption of Our Lady. And you see how the rosary then just naturally leads you into mental prayer. And so then you can see why that's the fourth requirement, mental prayer, on one of the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And then, of course, you do all these acts in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
These are the elements of the devotion to the five first Saturdays. <laughs> okay. Now the question is, okay, so our lady gave us this because she wants to train us spiritually. Right? We are very flabby, right? We've got a lot of fat, okay, <laughs> that we are just not in shape spiritually. And so our lady gives us these devotions to shape up and get toned up. Okay, that's basically what's happening there. Now why these five? Okay, so here we have five because these are against five things done against Our Lady. Okay, and so here you have the first. Okay, there's five reasons that you have to do these five first Saturdays. Okay, so the first one is in order to make up for the offenses and blasphemies against the Immaculate Conception. Okay, so a lot of people deny the Immaculate Conception or they ridicule the Immaculate Conception. And, you know, you're like, who does that? You know, who even really knows what the Immaculate Conception is? Okay, and so a lot of people actually, they implicitly deny the Immaculate Conception because they think, oh, yeah, Mary was just a regular person like us. And so, you know, she probably messed up here and there. You know, she's a regular girl. You know, she's just, you know, one person like us. And really, that's not true at all, okay? She's like us insofar as, yes, she is fully human. Yes, okay? She is fully human, but, okay, she never sinned and she never had original sin. So when you don't have original sin, right, your body listens to your soul and your soul is listening to God. Everything is in order. So her emotions were in perfect order. We don't have that because we have original sin and the stains of original sin. And so here, when she has that, right, she has a very keen intellect. She is not, okay, just your average, um, you know, girl. She is extremely wise and extremely smart. She had the use of reason very early on, probably at the age of three or even before, you know, she was extremely smart and she already was so attuned to everything of God. And so here, the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is so important because it shows the purity and the greatness of gifts that our, God, that our God has given to Our Lady. In other words, she's no ordinary person, right? She is to be and she is the Mother of God. And so here, the first um, thing that we do for the first Saturday devotions is to make up for all the offenses or in other words, downplaying right, this great grace that Our Lady received of the Immaculate Conception. If you think about it, you know, the Immaculate Conception has been so downplayed and Our Lady just like really just lowered or even just people are indifferent to her and they don't even know who she is. And that is not good because we must give her the honor that she is due. Now, the second one, the second reparation that we must do is for sins committed against her perpetual virginity. And so here we have to see that she is a virgin before, during, and after the birth of our Lord. And you have these weird things coming out, especially in movies, where you see Our Lady, right, depicted in movies, and she's having labor pains, okay? Now, this is just, okay, this is again another outgrowth of saying, oh, Our Lady was just like us and everything, okay? 
we have to make sure that we know that there were no labor pains in Our Lady at all, okay? In other words, we continuously in these things, we just downgrade Her Majesty. And this is not helping at all. Because as soon as we downgrade Her Majesty, we just forget because she's just ordinary. So why should we even honor her? This is so important that we cannot downgrade how amazing she is as queen of the universe, queen of heaven and earth, queen of all the angels, the mother of God. And so her perpetual virginity shows, right, that she is the temple of God that is undefiled at all and her womb is never broken there's no blood there's no contractions right here is a miraculous birth where our lord passes through her womb like light through a window right this is very important to realize that she is unbroken by the birth of our lord she's the true temple of god the true ark of the covenant we cannot downplay this at all Okay, then next we have the sins committed against her divine maternity, refusing to accept her as the mother of God and the mother of all mankind. Again, here, this is another downplaying of her great role, right? It's like her essential role in the salvation of the world, right? She is the mediatrix of all graces, and she indeed is co-redemptrix. In other words, she really participates. Co here means that she participates in the work of redemption, okay? It doesn't mean she's placed on the same level of Redeemer as our Lord as Redeemer. I don't know how people even think about this because, for example, you have a co-worker, right? This is just somebody who works with you, okay? So she is working with Christ and she has that really position that nobody can fill where she's helping, right, or working with Christ to redeem mankind, Okay, so here, here she is at the foot of the cross. She's suffering for the sins of mankind just at the foot of the cross. And so she really plays a part in redemption. Okay, she's the mother of the Redeemer. That's a really true title of Our Lady. And so she's going to be a co-redeemer. That is, she participates. Not that she's on exactly the same level of Jesus. Okay, I don't know how people get that idea. But here she is a one, she is person, right? She is the queen that participates in the redemption of mankind. Next, we see that um, the sins of those who implant in children's hearts indifference, contempt, and even hate against our Immaculate Mother. And now if you think about it, how many families have been negligent, right? How many families have been negligent in teaching their children how to love the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right? This is just so sad. Children are so wonderful when they are able to really venerate the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. And this is what all children should be doing, and yet we do not. And so we must really teach all children, right, um, as soon as they reach the age of reason, <laughs> to be able to place a flower at Our Lady's feet. Right? She does everything for us. And so we must give her honor from the first time we're able to say our first word. You know, here we must we must give her that due honor. And so you see here that this is a really big lack, right? This is not something that's just like optional. It's like it's optional, you know, to teach your children to honor the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This is not true at all. It's essential, and yet we have failed 
a lot. And the majority of people have failed at this. Okay. And another one, going back to the sins against her divine maternity, there's a lot of people who deny the fact that she's the mother of God. You know, for example, the Muslims, <laughs> they don't even acknowledge that she's the mother of God. That she's the mother of Jesus, but Jesus is not God. So therefore, she's not the mother of God and she's downplayed. They say that, oh, she's very holy. Yes, she's holy, but she's holy because she's the mother of God. <laughs> and so here, again, the whole reparation is that we've downplayed her role. We do not acknowledge all the amazing things God gave, gives to Our Lady. And what that does, it means that it actually right, downplays God's love for Mary and downplays God's power that he exhibits through Mary. And so here we have to make up for all those things. And then fifth, right, the five first Saturdays, right, are against the insults, okay, directed against her sacred images, displays of indifference or ridicule, and the infliction of damage to them. And this one is happening more and more. And if we don't think that this happens, okay, just look at the news and you will see her images defaced. And here we don't even have the proper reactions anymore when our ladies' images are defaced. Because here, you know, if somebody, you know, ripped a picture of your mother in half, right, we would be outraged. And yet, when somebody beats, you know, a statue down or defaces a statue, defames a statue of Our Lady, we're just like, oh, that's kind of sad. You know, let's fix it. You know, we don't have the proper response to this you know this is the queen of heaven and look what has happened you know what do you do when that happens to our statue of our lady we have to be making rosaries of reparation we have to be having holy hours of reparation we have to have masses of reparation we have to make sure that we make the statue even more beautiful than before you know all of these things they're not even in our mindset we're just like oh Okay, the church has to pay for that now. And then we just hear it on the news and whatever. All of our resources should be, you know, poured in. You know, I'm kind of, this a little bit, you know, um, just to give you an idea. You know, we should be like donating money to make that sure that statue is even more beautiful and more spectacular than before. That should be our mindset. And yet we have this indifference towards the images of Our Lady. And here we really see that we have been influenced you know, by all those people who say, oh, you know, these pictures of Mary, you know, it's like you worship her. No, not at all. Remember, here we use these images and they're sacred images to help us to honor Mary, right? We have eyes. We have eyes for a reason. And so we use what God has given us so that we can focus our mind on the glories of Mary. That's why the sacred images are so important. People in the history of the church, they died for the veneration of sacred images. And so here you see how important it is, right? If children never see a picture of Mary, right? That is an outrage because they cannot see, right? Because they're just children, right? Children learn through pictures, right? And if you go through life never seeing a statue of Mary or an image of Mary, how are you even going to begin to understand who she is, right? We need these stepping stones through the senses to get to a higher understanding of Our Lady. 
And so here we have these offenses committed against Mary. And here we see that they're so awful because we have such honor that is due to her that we need to give to her. And so these five first Saturdays, right? They make up for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart. And you see especially the five that we talked about. But more than that, really Our Lady is using the five first Saturdays to teach us how to love confession, mass, the Holy Rosary, and mental prayer. These are the most important things. She is the best teacher for this, right? So she's teaching us how to progress in the spiritual life. And so then when people are like, oh, I don't know if I have first Saturdays, you know, oh, I don't need to really do it. Okay. This is so sad that we don't understand the importance of it. So we should propagate it. We should make sure that everybody, uh, every single parish keeps the five first Saturdays devotion, right? They should have all of that. They should have a period of time where there's confession, mass, Holy Rosary set together, and then you can do a holy hour, right? Where you can meditate, you know? So that should be one whole thing done on the first Saturdays. And because we're so weak, we can't do it by ourselves. That's why we should do it in the parish together, you know, and just do it there as something where people can go to and where we make it as beautiful for Our Lady as possible. And we just help each other to keep these devotions. And so here, let's pray for a revival of the first Saturday devotions so that we can give Our Lady the honor that she is due. Because when we do this, we go most quickly and most surely to heaven, right? The quickest and most beautiful way, right? And the surest way to heaven is through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so we ask Our Lady that her heart will quickly triumph in our days and that we love her heart and we pray for the triumph of her immaculate heart continuously, 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 that our heart, that her heart may triumph in our heart and that her heart may triumph in this world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to The Beauty of Our Catholic Heritage with Father Jacob Shea. If this program has been a blessing to you, please encourage others to listen as well. For more information, visit spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. May God be with you this day and always. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.